Welcome to the Alpha Omnia podcast. In this episode, we talk with UFC fighter Devin Powell from Nostos MMA about his last fight with Alvaro Herrera, how he got started, what a camp looks like, his gym, and his upcoming fight on November 17th with Claudio Puelas in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Let's break it down. Start off and congratulate you on your last win against Olero Herrera. That was an awesome kick that you hit him with uh, two times in a row. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. What's going through your mind coming up to a fight? I know you only had uh, like a 30-day heads up for this fight. You know, what goes into the preparation for that? How do you get your mind right? Um, are there some you know, distractions you get rid of early on? What do you focus on? Like, well, it's just the, the protocol. Yeah, I mean, I own my own mixed martial arts academy. So when I have a camp, um, I'm, I uh, need to give up some of my teaching obligations because I need to focus on the camp itself. Whenever I'm not getting ready for a fight, I'm still training six days a week. But um, there are things that I need to switch around and, and give up a couple classes so I can really focus on who I'm fighting and the things that I'm going to do inside that fight. So there's definitely some, some huge changes between a normal, um, normal just everyday training and a, a fight camp. So with 30 days, there's such little time to really try and think about somebody else. Um, aside from little things like the guy punches hard enough to break cinder blocks. So making sure I'm, I'm being smart with my guard um, and not, not being anything, uh, not doing anything stupid as far as um, not really covering up or, or whatnot. But uh, weight cutting is the biggest thing when I, I'm 13 months out from fighting and having 30 days to make the 55 limit. So just, you know, getting in uh, in touch with the UFC Performance Institute, getting an exact diet plan, things like that are, are kind of the, the biggest deal because you don't want to you don't want to lose twenty percent of what you make just for being a, an ounce off, you know. Yeah, how much weight did you have to lose? How much were you over? Uh, when I got the call, I was uh, like thirty days out. I was like one eighty between one eighty one, one eighty three, probably. It's not like the craziest. Some guys get back in the cage at fifty five that um, that put on enough to be in the eighties the day they compete. Um, I just, I'm pretty tall for the division, so. The, the weight cutting is even harder when you're taller. There's less muscle mass and, and everything to pull the water out of. Yeah, so, damn. Yeah. I mean, that's 25 That's uh, twenty five pounds in 30 days. That's a lot of weight to be cutting really quick. And, uh, I mean, yeah, that messes with sure. your, uh, you know, with your mental, you know, your brain too, your mind and stuff. Uh, what do you do? Like, what, what types of foods are you trying to eat? Um, what do you do to stay focused? Because I'm sure that takes a little, that that's draining, right? Trying to lose all that weight, um, constantly exercising. You gotta be a, you gotta eat less calories and stuff. So that definitely gets with you, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a there's a lot of kind of like food choices that are just uh, kind of vague that I try to stick to, like high fats and high high proteins, uh, carbs in the morning, very light on carbs at night. Always trying to give myself a little bit of carbs before I, I get into my training sessions. I, uh, 
I use this company, you can, it's U-C-A-N-N that the UFC PI turned me on to and they have like super starches. So when I'm cutting weight and not really able to eat anything, I can put some of that super starch into my water and kind of helps fuel my body to get through hard training sessions when I really don't have much in my system. So that's kind of the, the go-to there, you know, pretty much cut bread out of my system immediately and only get like carbs from vegetables or oatmeal or things like that. So now I know you got a fight coming up on November 17th against Claudio Puelas. How's your approach different now that you have, you know, a much longer heads up to prepare for this fight? Uh, yeah, I mean, with a camp this long, you know, when I had just fought not too long ago, um, really one of the biggest things is just remembering that I'm, I'm training every single day already. Um, my weight's already lighter than it was 30 days out from my last fight. So being smart, eating good, um, and staying, uh, staying sharp, you know, it's not, a, it's not something that you want to go into beat up for. So you gotta, you gotta kind of listen to your body. Um, not, not like you're looking to take it easy, but you can't overtrain, which with that much time, it's actually sometimes worse than having a short camp, um, so I just need to make sure that I'm, I'm taking care of myself, resting and recovering my body. And if I need to go a little bit lighter, then I will. Um, but for the most part, it's going full steam ahead. And the fight's yeah. in uh, Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina. Have you ever been there? Um, no, you know what? I haven't. I, uh, I'm really, really excited. It's a beautiful place. It's going to be a long flight, like 16 hours. Oh, damn. It's worth it. You know, traveling is just... It's something that you can kind of always remember that you uh, can always kind of remember that you get to do these special things. Fighting in your backyard is great, but, you know, it's not as good of a story in the long run. So yeah. getting to fight in Argentina is pretty spectacular. Yeah. Have you ever fought um, in a foreign country like this before? I know you just fought in Canada, but, you know, that's not too different from the United States. Uh, have you fought, you know, in Central America or South America or Europe before? No, I've only fought in Canada. That's the that's actually the furthest I've gone. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting experience trying something like you know something new. I'm sure, it's gonna be a completely different crowd down there too. Yeah, I'm super excited. You know, I might be booed, but um, I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing with uh, Nostos uh, MMA. It's a gym, right? That you started uh, four years ago. Am I correct? Yeah, uh, four years ago, as of last. Um, uh, as of May, so a little over four years now. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to work at a passport center every day and train every day, and I just hated what I was doing aside from training and fighting, and I was teaching for a kind of like a side job, teaching for a prep school and at Fort City BJJ, and an opportunity came up to take over a gym that was kind of um, in in the process of probably closing soon. Um, so they gave me the chance to kind of take over that same spot, make a new gym in the same spot and, and, uh, kind of do that. And, and that's what I did. It took a lot of work. Um, it's been a long four years, but I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for the world. We've been growing, been getting more and more fighters every day. We've been expanding. We doubled our mat space by expanding into the basement and, and, uh, pouring the cement and matting the entire thing and putting a full bag rack, the whole length of the, the room. So it's been pretty phenomenal. All the, uh, all the changes and, and all the, the things that we've done to the place. So, uh, yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations on all that. Thank you very much. 
Yeah. Um, that's one thing I find really interesting about you is kind of how you came into the UFC and how you started fighting because you did drop out of college, I think, after a year, correct? You did work at the Passport Center. What? How did you get involved with fighting and MMA? Yeah, I used to uh, come home from working second shift and I would watch Carlos Condit on WEC Wreckage and like Uriah Faber, Mike Brown, Jose Aldo, all those guys forever ago now that were still the best in the world. And, and I mean, a lot of them are still right up there. But uh, but yeah, I'd come home and I'd watch that and I used to play music when I was a kid uh, all through high school and I loved that excitement and being in front of a crowd. So something about MMA just appealed to me. So I, I found an MMA gym close to where I worked, and I showed up, and I never looked back. Just trained every single day. Went on my lunch break, trained, and I told them that I was going to class, so they all thought I was in college. But <laughs> I guess I needed lunch break to go to MMA, not actually like college. So that, that's what happened. All right, whatever it takes. Uh, they're classes anyway, right? It's just different type of classes. Exactly. So, yeah, it's none of their business what you're doing with, you know. You're, you are taking classes. You're not lying. So, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. What's it What's it like, uh, you know, walking down that aisle on your way to the octagon, just trying to, you know, what's going through your mind? What do you sense from the crowd, from your opponent? Like, just what are your thoughts, you know, walking walking up to your fight? You know, it's uh, you kind of go into that, that red zone where you're, you're just kind of um, – you know, you're just kind of uh, ready to go to war. You know, you're ready to bite down and throw everything that you've worked for. It's time to finally get the, the payout for it, you know. And, it's, uh, you know, you're hungry. You sacrifice so much to get in there. So you're not thinking too much about the people around you. You're just thinking about getting into the cage and, and performing. It's hard to, to take everything else in when, you know, somebody's standing across from, yeah. uh, from you looking at punch you in the mouth to take your lunch money so yeah kind of kind of just see red and, and think about that one person and, and then uh in between rounds sometimes you kind of i can kind of take it in um or after the fight of course you can look around see everybody and take it in but i try not to get too transfixed on everything outside of the actual fight itself after you know your 13-month layoff that you had and i know you said you were you know reaching out to dana white the ufc trying to get another fight would you say this past fight with Alvaro Herrera was the hungriest fight you've ever been in? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I, uh, I had a lot of people I wanted to prove wrong, and I wanted to prove myself right. Um, you know, I fought two really good guys. The last fight, I did a lot better, and I still didn't fight as uh, as well as I know I can. Um, and I lost a split decision where I doubled his punch count, um, and I just feel like it was a, it was a coin flip, you know? And, and uh, we could be looking at my career in the UFC at losing my first one, um, you know, so close to having being two and one in the UFC with a win in front of Dana White. In addition to that, on the, the Dana White looking for a fight show, you know, so it's uh, it's tough, you know, and it's hard to look back, but you, it, it's impossible not to. But you you got to stay positive and keep pushing forward. I'm I'm coming off a win now, and all I can do is keep that that momentum going, you know. And, Stay, uh, stay positive, stay active, and stay in the moment. I know you mentioned a little bit that, you know, you were thinking, like, if I lose this fight, you know, I'm going to give it my all, which, you know, you stressed. But if it didn't happen, you were kind of okay with, maybe, you know, retiring or giving it up um, and maybe, you know, doing some other things. Do you think kind of being 
that relaxed feeling of, you know what, like, I gave it my all. I'm still going to give it my all. I'm hungry as hell, you know, for this fight. I want to win. But, you know, if it doesn't work out, you kind of came to this conclusion. And maybe it was almost like you were more relaxed. Did that help out at all? Maybe your mindset was different than you've had in previous fights? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was like there's no uh, denying the fact that I'm I'm going to be sad when I hang up the gloves, but I know that I don't have that panic because I, I can teach kids and I can teach these other insanely talented fighters for the rest of my life. Um, I have something after fighting, um, and I, uh, I'm fortunate because of that. Some people are so afraid that when fighting ends, they just will have nothing. Some guys train at the biggest gyms in the world and they're phenomenal fighters, but like the coaching staff, they don't need anyone else. You know, they're good. Um, so when they finish fighting, what do they do? Go back home and, uh, you know, sit at a desk for a living. It's tough. It's hard to open up a gym. You know, if you haven't been teaching for a long time, which I've been teaching for, you know, almost as long as I've been training, I, I started teaching pretty quick. Um, you know, starting with kids classes and then adult classes, but, uh, I, I was every single fight I'm always all in you know if I feel like I'm not going to put everything into a fight camp and then, then that'll be a reason to, to decide to, to retire but um, I'm just with what it does to your body uh, and having a six-year-old daughter I've always had it in mind that if I have to go back to pay, to making an, uh, money that's just not going to support my family and by any means especially with the financial um, burdens that comes with coming into a fight camp not only like the expenses for the different things uh inside the fight camp but i have to give up some of my classes neglect the academy somewhat you know it's just part of what it is and we come to terms with that but we lose students because of it and then once i finish fighting I, you know we try so hard to rebuild our numbers and everybody's excited after the fights but uh you know it is it's a huge sacrifice fighting so without the good payoff that I feel like I've worked for and I deserve it's, just, it's too hard um, to, to really uh, think about doing but yeah. every time I fight I put everything into my fight camps and I, I do everything I can to be prepared and to be ready to win so and I'll keep doing that while I'm you know while I'm in the best league in the world what does like a typical fight camp look like I think uh, a lot of our audience isn't really aware or they would like to learn more about what like a typical fighters camp looks like, you know, like what do you do when you first get started? How long are the sessions? What are you doing during sessions? And also like, I know you said you're eating like high protein and like lots of fruits and vegetables and high fats. Are there certain types of foods that you prefer to eat that, you know, is it like you prefer chicken over like Turkey or do you eat bison, you know, like things along those lines? Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I I don't eat much meat. I, I stopped eating most meat when I was 14. Uh, in my mid-20s, I started eating wild game for my family. All my family up north own hunting camps, and they all hunt, and they, they get us pretty good meat. Um, I actually own a, a pig, uh, a pet pig that lives in the house, so I, I definitely wouldn't eat any yeah. pig products. Um, but, yeah, it's mostly fruits and vegetables. Sometimes I'll eat wild game. Sometimes I'll eat uh, wild fish. But high proteins all the time, um, try to at least, you know, sometimes I, I kind of lack on that and should do better, but yeah, I just, uh, just try and eat generally good food, stuff that'll kind of keep me fueled, um, 
anything that's uh, anything that's kind of waste junk food um, as much as I want to eat it when I'm in a fight camp. It's just I I could do a lot better by eating something that will actually help fuel my system, especially when I'm eating so little. Um, so that that's kind of my my game plan, and I'm, I'm training six days a week. Some days are double sessions, but my double sessions are like I'll be in the academy from like nine nine through twelve in the morning training, and then I have to clean the next two hours, and then I'll train five until nine p.m. and then I have to clean the next two hours. You know, so a lot of classes are stacked upon other classes. I have to pick my times where I can go hard with rolling or pick my sparring day because. It's just impossible. I'd be wasting all my sessions if I tried to go 100% in every one of them, which is kind of like what I used to do. But there's just so many classes that I teach and train during that I kind of have to just pick which ones I'm, I'm going to do live rolling or, or uh, you know, hit pads hard. It's too much, especially being there that many hours a day. It's, uh, it's yeah. definitely a journey and like a struggle, but it sounds like you love it. You love the journey, you love the process and, you know, you're just living it up and doing the best you can right now, just living out your dreams and, you know, helping people do the same through your, through your gym, you know, training them how to do it. And hopefully, you know, you, you make it, you know, big time. And hopefully, you know, the students that you have too, you know, are really successful, um, with it all as well. So definitely wishing you guys all the best over there. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Best of luck in your next fight. Uh, I'll be, you know, watching you. I'll be rooting for you. I know everyone at the Alpha Omni family will be uh, cheering you on. So, you know, good luck, man. Run it on the highway, I need a red carpet on my driveway. I'm a monster, heard it midway. For your way, I do this shit my way. I need all your energy, I need you to believe. All my body and soul. I need all your energy, I need you to believe. All my body and soul. Go, I need all your energy, I need you to believe. I'm a doula, I've been got it. Baby, fear the bounce, I got it from my mama. Uh. Fear the bounce, I got it from my mama. Uh. Someone bless me, I got the holy water. Feel it through your body, you're my doula, I've been got it. Baby, fear the bounce, I got it from my mama. Uh. Got it from my mama. Uh. Got it from my mama. Uh. Yeah. Love so big that they call me Big Pop. Outbreak kid, yeah, they call me Showstop. Big so big that my bitch got popped. White skinny kid, but they call me Don Don. This all me, I ain't get it from my father. If you thirsty, I got the holy water. Tell the streets, call the priest, tell your friends, tell your mama. I got the holy water. Hey, jig it to the beat like an info dwarf in the sheets. I can do this all week. Love it so much, I do it for the free. When my heart feel the beat, it's like a new pair of Jordans just dropped in the streets. Running on the highway, I need a red carpet on my driveway. I'm a monster, heard it midway. For your way, I do this shit my way. I need all your energy, I need you to believe. All my body and soul. I need all your energy, I need you to believe. All my body and soul. I need all your energy, I need you to believe.